This is John Gescheidmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Open houses, that is what we're going to talk about in this particular podcast. And I think one of the considerations any seller must make when they decide to list their home, and really even if you decide to sell it yourself, is do I want to do I want to hold an open house? So I want to dispel some of the myths about open houses. I want to talk about security at open houses and really what we do as realtors um, for our clients and kind of some nuggets that might, that we do anyway, that might stand out a little bit uh, in most people's minds. So let's talk about what an open house is. An open house traditionally is holding a home open and there really is truly a difference between holding an open house and holding a home open. So a lot of people think that the realtor shows up, they schedule the open house, it goes out to all these third-party sites, and we'll talk about how that syndication works in a little bit. But then they show up at, you know, 11 o'clock or noon, whenever the open house uh, starts, and they just stand in the kitchen, and they're there to answer questions. Well, the way we teach our agents, uh, we're a little more hands-on than that, but you know, that, that is traditionally holding a, an open house. From a seller's perspective, and I want to approach this in a couple different perspectives. From a seller's perspective, though, it's really much more than that. So let's start with the buyer's perspective. Let's start with that. If you're a buyer, you find homes that are being held open, uh, usually on a weekend, although weekday, night, showings are becoming a lot more popular. And I'll tell you one of the strategies that we use when we list properties in a little while when we discuss the sellers. But from a buyer's perspective, you usually find those online. You might have what we call an MLS portal set up for uh, for you as buyers from an agent. Um, but a lot of times people will find that most of the open houses that they see, they're driving down the road and they happen to see a sign on the side of the road, maybe a fold-up tent type of sign that just says open house. And so they show up. Now, from a buyer's perspective, it is a good way to go in and see a home. There's no doubt. But if you pick an agent from merely attending an open house and you know nothing more about that agent, you could really be asking for problems. In many companies, the junior agent or maybe a new agent or a team agent uh, holds the open house. Uh, it's not always the listing agent. And so if you walk in with the expectation that the listing agent is either going to give you a, a better deal, they might know a lot more about the property, you could be dead wrong. So let's just dispel that myth to start out with. On the buyer side, though, when you walk in, there are certain things, certain etiquette items that are important. Um, online, because I, I did a little searching before on this one, I love this site. It's the lighter side of real estate. And when it's all said and done, they have a little bit of a guide, kind of your open house etiquette. And I, and I had a chance to look at this and I like some of this. So I want to give some, some uh, kudos to them. The first one is treat the host with respect. So if you're a buyer and you walk in, let's be honest, you are going to be asked to sign in. Uh, the trend in the Metro Milwaukee area seems to be where we are also asking for identification. And that is mainly for the safety of our agents. We'll talk about it from an agent's perspective in a little while, but 
again, just sticking with the buyers, just understand that this, we don't know you and we don't know, you know, who you are and you're coming into a home where honestly you could split up in different directions and do things that we don't know about. So the first thing is treat the host with respect, right? So, so be nice to us. So hopefully that's a given. We really don't want you sitting around on the furniture. Um, you're not buying the couch, more than likely. You're not buying the love seats. So it's very inappropriate for you to be lounging around on the couch. Um, I do know that there are people that sometimes will look at things from a perspective of sitting in a couch, watching TV, because more than likely they might, you know, set their furniture up the same way. But it is not wise for you to do so. Remember, that agent is gaining an impression of you. And if you are a serious buyer, even if you're working with somebody else, and even if you, you know, we ask everybody at the door, we just assume you're working with an agent and we want to log that because the last thing we want to do is to take a buyer away from another agent. But by the same you know, token, we're representing our seller and we're going to take advantage of learning as much as we can about you and your situation. It is always nice, and according to the Lighter Side of Real Estate um, educational article, it is always nice if you ask before taking photos. Remember, you are privileged to be walking into somebody's home, um, and, and we realize that sometimes there, you know, there are people who come into that home that don't necessarily want to buy, but you are bring, being privileged with that opportunity, so please don't take advantage of it. Be efficient. Um, when you're attending an open house, it's important that you get in and out in a reasonable amount of time. We don't have the time for you to walk around for an hour, especially when a husband maybe goes to the left side of the house and the wife goes to the right. Um, but tour the property, take notes, ask us questions, and then it's time to leave. All right? So that, that's another suggestion. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of rude when when people criticize, openly criticize, they walk through the house. And, and they're being honest. They have a right to be honest. But, you know, have some respect for, for the property uh, owner. You know, we, we don't, we will ask, at least I do, when a buyer is done touring the home, usually we all kind of end up in the kitchen or near the front door. And, and a very common question is, I want to give sellers some feedback from everybody that tours the home. Are you in a position to tell me what you thought was really nice about the house or some areas that need improvement. You know, let us know your honest opinion. I mean, we're looking for that, right? That's, that's, good, that's good stuff. Without that information, you know, we don't really know what to, to tell the seller as far as what we know and what we don't know from the buyer's perspective. So, you know, there's not a lot of other things. Ask questions. Give us your legitimate contact information. If you are working with an agent, I will contact that agent and, you know, if the agent's name is, is Julie, hey, Julie, just wanted to let you know that your buyers, Tim and Joan, showed up, and they have some pretty serious interest in this property. You might want to give them a call. If you're not working with an agent, just understand that there's something called procuring cause. And what that means is that when you show up and we start working with you and provide you information, we were the cause of you finding that property. Maybe you, drew, you, know, you drove by. Um, we have earned the right to, to work with you. And sometimes that isn't something that buyers really care for. I said earlier in the podcast that if you, if you select an agent just from an open house, you could be certifiably crazy or you could find somebody that's really awesome. And most of the time it's in between. Um, so you have to be careful from that perspective. All right, so just a couple buyers things. Oh, and another one. 
would you please take off your shoes? Uh, it's just common courtesy, especially if they're soiled or they're wet. You know, the conditions outside aren't the greatest. Um, I think that goes without saying, but just to be safe, we're going to say it again. Now, let's look at this from a seller's perspective. A seller, on the other hand, is going to look at this completely differently. A seller, whether they believe it or not, naively will think that you are going to, uh, that they are going to sell during an open house. Statistically speaking, and I do not have this statistic in front of me, but I believe that only 3% of homes nationwide sold solely from an open house. From somebody driving by, saw the signs. I believe it's um, a little bit higher, you know, with some other type of signage and things like that. But open houses are not going to sell homes. Let's, let's just get that out there so that we all agree the effectiveness of this is not going to be um, what you probably think it is. There's always somebody that says, no, John, you don't understand. So-and-so, a friend of mine's friend of a friend's cousin, they sold their house during an open house. That's very easy for people to say because, yes, maybe they went to the open house, but it could have been the agent who set up a search for the buyer, sent them the property and said, why don't you take a look? Go stop in at the open house. So you know, I don't count that as the open house selling the home. Uh, the, the realtor did through the realtor's efforts. So when I sit with a seller, and as we shift to from, it, from the buyer to the seller's perspective here, when I sit with the buyer, or I'm sorry, the seller, I am going to ask them a series of questions. First of all, we, we do walk around the house and we have to make sure that anything safety related is, is, is taken care of. We have to make sure that if they do want or we need or we feel it's necessary or we feel it's beneficial to do an open house, that we're ready. So just like anything else, we've got to set up this experience. And I've talked about that in other podcasts. Just like Disney does when you walk into Disney, we are creating an experience. And that experience should be good sights, good sounds, good smells, right? So when that open house occurs and buyers walk in, they have to have that feeling of home. So what is home to one person might be different than another, but we can establish some basic guidelines. Let's talk about good sites. Of course, everything has to be clean. Your lighting has to be consistent. I've talked about that in, pod, in, in another podcast about how to prepare for, a sell, uh, for your sale. You should never, in my opinion, use those fluorescent lights. They're hideous, in my opinion. Get yourself some true soft light LED light bulbs. Keep in mind that at least my experience is if you have a 60-watt incandescent light in your home in a fixture, you're probably going to be going to an LED 25-watt. To me, they just seem brighter when you put them you know, next to, 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 to one another. But you have to be consistent. You can't go from room to room and have you know, one type of lighting to another. So that creates a constant mood, and I like that soft white glow personally. And I think most people do as well. So good sites also include things that, you know, if you have a bar and a rec room downstairs, that, that it looks like you're ready to entertain. Um, you may have just made some popcorn. If you have a whole bunch of showings on a Saturday and you have a popcorn maker, put it out for people. Put it out for people so that they can envision themselves in your home. You know, remember, when somebody walks into your house during an open house, we, we don't have any idea, and we may not get a chance to talk to everybody, but we may not have any idea about somebody's true intentions. 
And we will ask them. I ask them all the time, what process are you using to find your perfect house? And that question usually throws people off because they don't really know what I mean by it. And what I mean by it is very simply, what procedure are you using? And the answer is always, well, we, you know, we have a realtor who kind of sends us some stuff. And, or we, you know, we, we use uh, online sites and they might name a few. But, but that's not a process. That, that's, that's, that's only part of it. And so I get into more specifically how they can be more successful, whether they use us and my team, whether they use us or not, that, that doesn't matter to me, really, because I'm there to sell the house. But I also want to be a good resource for people. All right, back to the open house. Good sounds. I think it's, it's really important to have some good sounds playing either throughout a whole home speaker system like I have in my house uh, or from room to room or maybe rec room to living room up on a different living level. You know, whether it's smooth jazz, something upbeat. I did, because I've, so, I've showed so many homes uh, to, to some of my buying clients, and it's just awesome. It's such a great job. But um, you walk into some of these homes, and I had ACDC playing one time. I thought that was really cool. But most of the time, people will have things such as, you know, soft or maybe not classical, but, you know, light jazz, upbeat jazz. But if you walk into any hotel, pay attention to the music that you hear, the smells. When you walk into some upbeat stores, um, especially home stores, some of the more popular ones, some of the more expensive ones, they're creating an experience. You can do the same thing. Smell is one of the most powerful features that we have. And it brings us back to memories that sometimes we don't even remember until we, until we experience that smell. How many times have you smelled something where it brings you back to your childhood or maybe an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or somebody that you knew, um, a mentor, you know, who knows? Uh, very, very, very powerful. So take advantage of that. So once you've established the mood, so to speak, now from a seller's perspective, we have to get down to the things that we probably don't want to talk about and that is safety and security. The safety of my realtors and my team is my number one concern. Uh, we share calendars. We know where people are. We can very quickly access uh, where they're at at any time. But not everybody does that, and I realize that. Companies don't spend enough time on agent security and agent safety. And that's something that I want to change. And, and being the chairperson of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors Safety Chair of our safety committee, and we are going to change that, and we're going to change the mindset through education. But the day of the showing, I want to get there early. I want to canvas the neighborhood. I want to hand out flyers as an added bonus and benefit to my seller. No one does that. Uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish the right buyer. And let's face it, if you have a neighbor four doors down, they may know the perfect buyer. Now, you know, there's a good chance that they've already let their person know because they saw the sign, you know, maybe a couple days earlier that appeared in the front yard. But I want to I wanna have contact with them. The other thing is I want people to know next door on either side of the home or across the street that I'm having an open house. Can you maybe just pay attention? You know, look over there every now and then. Uh, it ends at 1 o'clock. If you don't see me out of there by 1.30, can you check on me? Um, 
So, so that's a, a safety concern that unfortunately we have to be mindful of. Remember, we have people that essentially have an open door policy or have an open door to walk in and we, we don't know who they are. There's no vetting process, right? We, we, don't, we don't do a scan. Uh, we, don't, we don't CCAP people, the Wisconsin Circuit Court Access Program, to see what their history might be like. And unfortunately, as bad as it sounds, right now we don't verify those people. So these are very real realities to us as agents. But on the seller's perspective, I have to have that conversation about agent safety. And I also have to tell them that if anything goes awry, I'm immediately leaving your house and calling the police. Not that I would expect that to happen. It's never happened to me yet. But in an open house, I also need your permission and your approval, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, that if somebody comes in to your house and they refuse to give me their name and phone number and their email address or I think they're lying, I'm going to ask them to leave because legitimate buyers would never do that, especially if they have an agent. Because we asked that. I mentioned that earlier and I alluded to that earlier. You know, I, I just assume when somebody walks in that they've got a, a buyer's agent. And if they don't, that's okay. I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to put the, the, the heavy pressure on them to do anything one way or the other. But I'm legitimizing who they are and I'm also legitimizing that they are a buyer ready to purchase and that they're potentially pre-approved. You know, higher-end listings, we may, we may tell people, look, there's a million-dollar home. You will show ID when you arrive, so we know who you are, and we, we have the right to ask if they're pre-approved. It's not discriminatory when we tell somebody that the, that the seller will not allow anybody in their home that's not pre-approved. And again, can people make this stuff up? Of course. But these are conversations we have to have with the seller. So let's talk about some of the safety things the seller needs to do prior to any showings, but especially at open houses. If you watch the evening news or you pay attention to things around you and in your community, you understand that not everybody is on the up and up. And that's sad to say, but it is the, the stark reality of our world. There are people who look, yes, for opportunities to take from others. We also know that there are people who will come into your home and go in your medicine cabinets. So the advantage I have as an ex-police officer is I can really set my people up for success because after 20 plus years in law enforcement, I've tended to see a thing or two. And so I'll always have the conversation with the seller that before any open house or any showing, we need to make sure that any valuables are put away and they are locked or removed from the home that anything of value, such as jewelry items or coins or collections, uh, that those are removed as well. Um, yes, you can conceal them. You can put them down in storage bins. You just have to be careful how you label some of these things, obviously. You don't want to label it valuables, heirlooms, that type of thing. Firearms, weapons, those are all really super important things that need to be accounted for and need to be taken care of and locked. Uh, a lot of people have gun safes in Wisconsin. We are a hunting state, if you're listening from outside of Wisconsin. And so those are great places to put things. I always encourage people to do a couple things. If you have a storage locker, that might not be the best place to store your valuables, but a safe deposit box is for sure. Um, a gun safe in a home is, is equally pretty good as well. So those are all some options for you. Let's talk a little bit about prescription medications, though, because that's, um, that's the one thing we don't like to talk about. 
you know, it doesn't matter to me. If, you, if you're on painkillers and you're one of my sellers or clients um, or you're on, you know, antidepressants, none of that matters to me, right? We, we all have things um, going on in our lives. And, and a lot of times when people take those medications, it's not because there's something wrong necessarily with them, but it's because there's a deficiency. There's a deficiency in the normal feel-good chemicals in our body that aren't being produced, right? I go into all of that from my prior law enforcement stuff, but we're going we're gonna to dumb it all down to say this. Those things need to be secured. Old medications that you have that you don't take any longer can be very anonymously and discreetly dropped off at most police departments or your local sheriff's department. They do have drop-off facilities usually in the, in the lobby of those places, sometimes even fire departments. So get rid of those things. If you don't need them, you know, don't save that Vicodin for another day when you think you might roll over your ankle. Just go <laughs> go to your doctor and get a new prescription. Uh, all right, so that's my, my public safety announcement there. But in all seriousness, you know, I don't believe necessarily that people, criminals, go out looking at open houses. But we're going to talk about those that do in a second. But, but I believe in what's called the crime of opportunity. And the crime of opportunity is one of those things where, you know, maybe somebody wasn't specifically looking to go to an open house to see if there's anything in the medicine cabinet. But they had an interest. And, uh, wow, I'm looking at that medicine cabinet now. I wonder what would be in there. It's that curiosity that humans just normally have that sometimes get the best of us. So I think that's the scenario that is most likely. The other scenario is that you do have people who, let's be honest, are not up to any good. They're coming into the house because they're hoping for a lazy realtor who doesn't ask a lot of questions, who doesn't meet people at the front door, who doesn't ask for identification. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've stopped at open houses just to say hello, just to maybe see a home. Maybe I'm trying to recruit an agent. Uh, an agent I've never met, and the agent never greets me at the door. You know, they might kind of peek around the corner. You have to have an agent who's a little more active and that meets the prospective buyers. It's First of all, it's just polite. And second of all, you do have to vet these people to some degree. So that, that should make sense. Now let's talk about the open house from an agent's perspective. This is a dangerous proposition here. And it's dangerous because, again, you have people or individuals who come into a home on their own. There's no screening process. When somebody calls us on the phone and asks for a private showing or wants to see one of our listings, there's a process that we go through to screen people. And we can't do that during an open house. It is dangerous to do an open house with only one agent. Whenever possible, we encourage two agents to be at an open house. That's tough to do, though, especially when everybody's busy in our spring months. And in Wisconsin, you know, hey, if you're a good agent, you're busy year-round. If you're not, well, you're pretty much busy from roughly April to about July. Then there's a break and then maybe a little bit more before the summer ends and kids go back to school. But with that being said, we have to be mindful of the things that we can't see. If a husband and wife split up and one goes to the left side of the home as you face the home and another goes to the right, I don't know which one I'm supposed to follow. <laughs> and again, you know, I trust that most people are good people, but I still don't know who I'm supposed to follow. And it makes it really difficult for me to watch two people at one time. 
So what we can do if it's not busy, well, the other danger is that you have so many people coming and going in an open house. I always instruct my agents, if you believe that it's going to be chaotic, if it's going to be a lot of activity, the more people you get into a home, the more of a possibility is going th- that there is that something will get stolen, that something will be removed from that home. And let's face it, ask any builder who is part of the Parade of Homes. I'm uh, very active in the Metropolitan Builders Association here in Metro Milwaukee. You ask any builder, there's always something that gets stolen by people who come through. Now, granted, there's thousands of people there, and that just is unfortunately bound to happen. But we don't want that to happen ever, and we certainly don't want that to happen to our sellers. So be mindful of the fact that the more people that are there, the more difficult it is going to be for one agent to not only be safe, uh, although somebody's not going to get attacked, you know, when there's a lot of people in home, more than likely, but the likelihood of something turning up missing is, is higher, you know, so that's the reality. But the agent itself has to worry about a lot of different things, and one of them is the security of your building. When we're done with the open house, I have to go and check every door and every window because a burglar, somebody who, you know, may come back after, you know, somebody is, uh, is done with the open house, may leave a window, a very easily crawl through type of window, easily crawled through type of window. They may leave that open and the agent doesn't check it. And so if you're the seller, you have to have these conversations with some of these agents because they don't have the background that I do. They don't have the background that I train my team on how to conduct showings and open houses safely and securely. So yes, it isn't just about locking doors, turning off lights. It's about checking windows. It's about checking for things that were maybe potentially left behind, right? So yeah, I mean, if you have a really large house and it has... 40, 50 windows, well, now you got to check every one of them and you need to take that time to do it. But more importantly, to conduct a, an effective open house, you need to have the place looking good, smelling good, and that feel, that experience with the right buyer will be successful. Remember, open houses are only one piece of the puzzle. When we schedule these open houses, I like to do things on a Thursday from like 4.30 to 6.30 in the winter months and maybe 5 to 7 in the summer months so that people can stop on their way home from work. I also will schedule an open house on Saturday morning. Now, if I can time this right, I want my sellers to be inconvenienced the least amount as possible. So if I can time this right, I find my buyer, whether they're working with another agent or not, on that Thursday open house then I get a bunch of offers next day on Friday. By Friday afternoon, early evening, I can cancel the open house for Saturday. I don't hold open houses merely to attract buyers. That's another thing that if if you're a seller and you don't know that, then I'm going to educate you on here. A lot of realtors will hold open houses merely to find buyers. And that's why the new agents will go to us senior agents and ask, can I do an open house on your listing? So, you know, I'm not going to tell them no, because I want to sell your home. But at the same time, if a buyer walks in and I can give it to a junior agent on my team, you know, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily care if they represent the buyer because I don't know them. I just want to get the best offer I can for you and sell your home 
for the most, most money and as fast as possible. That's my job. Open houses are a great tool. And as I wrap this podcast up, as always, if you have questions, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Subscribe. Tell other people if you enjoy the content. But open houses are only one tool that we use to effectively and properly sell a home. I hope this information was helpful. And if you have suggestions for other future podcasts, let me know. Thanks for tuning in. This session of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.